I was a contract performer, yeah. which means I did like four scenes a month, okay. if that. Yeah. And then most of my work was like go to this city for a promotional thing or like that city for a convention. So I had to travel all the time anyway. So living in the East Coast just didn't really seem like that big of a deal. It's probably nice too to kind of, if you can actually get away from that, to not be in an industry town. Yeah. The closest I've ever been to one of those things is I go to CES every year. And for a long time, it coincided with the AVNs. Yes. AVN was actually a quarter of CES. Yeah. Yeah. It was like in the basement or something, right? It was like the rejected little sibling of CES. Oh, basically. People were like flying out to and like really long lines to, to sort of take a picture. Yeah. What kind of interaction can you possibly have? Um, sometimes we talk about books and sometimes they tell me what they like in porn. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes they just tell me I'm pretty and sometimes they mostly just like stammer and don't say anything. And it's, you know, there's a wide variety. And sort of put myself in that place of standing in line and, trying to figure out what I'm going to say the entire time and then getting to the front line and completely fucking it up. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they have lines, too. None of which have been memorable. It seems to be going through something similar that the music industry was dealing with about Mm -hmm. 10 years ago now. No, only similar if Napster had purchased Sony and a number of the indie labels and throw in like Warner Brothers for good measure. Because the company that owns the bulk of the tube sites also has what Slate in 2013 called a monopoly on the U.S. production companies. So the studios themselves are actually the ones running these free no, sites? No, the, the tube sites purchased the studios. Oh, it, oh, the other way around. Yeah. Is it at a point where it's nearly impossible to really make a good profit? I mean... It's been at a point where it's difficult for years. Yeah. But you're obviously you got out ahead of that. You've got your own site that must be helpful. We'll we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. Whatever. How long how long I you don't really have for? any details to give about the new project okay. right now. It seems though, it seems like you kind of saw the writing on the wall though. I mean, if you were getting on that side of things as far as What writing on the wall? Well, as far as how you know, difficult it would become to make a profit just maybe being on the other side of the camera if you know if these studios got bought out by sites that are and you think it's any easier to run a company i i don't i don't think it's easier to to run a company but i think it's a smart decision to make i mean it's it's certainly as far as thinking about your future it makes a lot more sense true you're working on this new site you're doing some i I mean really the important thing and the reason we're doing this is i'm working on this play Mm mm-hmm Starts on October 28th, the Dean Haspiel wrote. Yeah. Give me a little bit of your of your theater background. Um, zero. Zero? I, Are you nervous? I did a lot of ballet. Yeah. And I've done plenty of delivering lines, and I did an independent film in Serbia a couple of years ago. But I have not done live theater. Where are you at right now? Is everything memorized? Are you ready to go? It's it's coming I up pretty soon, nervous. right? I was nervous. It's all memorized. Yeah. We've done run-throughs. We have, we're into text and then it opens in less than a week. I'm sure I'll become nervous again before we actually get there. The question is, will it be like just before opening night or will it be terrible every night? So this is literally the first time that you're like standing in front of a, a live audience on stage since you were a young ballerina? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I've done like talking stuff, but yeah. it's like small rooms. Yeah. The pressure is obviously different when you actually have to keep like a narrative structure going. Yeah, within a for sure. It's a lot easier when I'm like, here's my bingo wheel. Let's play sex yeah. word bingo. How did this come about? Were you approached by Dean? Oh, the play. Yeah. <laughs> or we could talk <laughs> about whatever you know. Sex bingo. Yeah. Uh, so Dean illustrated an essay of mine for heavy metal. And before he did that, he came over and he hates cigarette smoke. So I actually aired the place out before he came. Um, and we just kind of like generally got to know each other. And then we picked what essay he was going to do. A little bit later, he was like, hey, I've got this play that I wrote. We're going to do a reading just to hear it. Will you read one of the roles? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Zero pressure. You're just going to do a run through. No expectations. And they were like, we want to do a live reading of it to see how it sounds out loud with an audience. And I'm like... Okay, fine. He like, like he like backdoored you into yeah. being in this play. And like it's like the same thing we already did. Yeah. Except with like some people. That's fine. And then after that, they were like, We wanna actually do it. Will you play Sharon? <laughs> like, I guess so, sure. Then here we are. Is this something that had actually interested you? Did you want to do theater? I like things that are a challenge. Yeah. And so something I haven't done before with a group of people that like really care about what they're doing and want it to be good. I'm like, yeah, like why not do something new, have some fun with it. Is is it something is it something that you would think about? I mean, obviously, I mean, it's just probably too early to ask this question because it it's hasn't way too early. It hasn't happened yet. But I mean, I can't I'd, ask that question. Let, let me ask you this then: Have you enjoyed the process so far? Yes. So it is something that you would possibly consider doing. Maybe we'll yeah. see. <laughs> this is this is all a ploy. So you have to have me back later. Okay. When the company's launched, and yeah. I can talk about that's that. fair yeah. <laughs> when there are actually things that we could talk about on yes. on the podcast but like how could i say to dean no i won't do this interview when it will be useful for our thing yeah like yeah so you're doing that i mean i assume that that's not a tremendous time commitment on your part Is no it, it's not taking up a ton of your time no it's like 10 dates yeah and the rehearsal schedule wasn't bad at all. Are you kind of doing like theater acting crash course at this point? If by crash course you mean doing? Just actually doing it. So you're not doing any of those dramatic, uh, you know, all, all the different exercises or anything like that? No, none of that. Yeah. Just, just diving in that um, hopefully is not a terrible idea. We'll find out. Do you feel like what you've done up till this point has been good practice for this? Um. I guess are there sort of like skills that you can take? So there's, like, the very basic skill of taking direction. Yeah. And the other very basic skill of suspension of disbelief. Both come in real handy in basically everything I do. On a porn set, the more you take direction, the better you're going to look. A movie or, like, in a play, the better you take direction, usually the more depth there is because the director's looking at you and, like, pulling things out. And the more sense it makes and everything's wonderful. This is obviously in a fantasy land where the directors are always great. I've been lucky. I realize it's not always the case. And then the suspension of disbelief thing, like Dean's a comic book artist. Mm -hmm. There are parts of the play where you just have to shrug and go comic book logic. What does that mean? There's just like comic logic in there? Yes. Like superhero stuff? Yes. And the same thing with, with 
the movie that I did, it was science fiction. Yeah. So they just never have to shrug and go like, yeah. yeah, like science fiction logic. And obviously porn logic. Like, how does this movie have six people all having sex with different people? Yeah. And there's a plot that sort of justifies this shrug porn logic. Like, it's the same kind of, you just go like, okay, it's narrative. This is sort of my dumb guy who knows nothing about porn world question so you know brace yourself for it but i would guess that the most nerve-wracking thing that you could possibly do is perform on film in front of cameras on a set like that i think i think that's actually what makes someone one of the things that makes someone a good candidate to be a performer is it just doesn't really seem to bother a lot of us yeah the idea of doing anything other than like simple addition and subtraction just leaves me terrified you know even at first it wasn't something you were you were nervous about? Not really. I got nervous about the acting part, actually. Yeah. I remember specifically they were like, something, something cowboy. And I was like, what? Like, I was supposed to know what that was because I was like, I know cowgirl, but not... As far as like re- um, references to positions, things like that? Well, I thought it was a reference to a position. It turns out it's a kind of a shot where it's from basically like the lower thigh yeah. up. And it's a shot that they used in westerns when the cowboy walks in because then you see like his hat and his whole outfit and then his gun attached to his hip. So you were able to get a crash course on filmmaking in a way. A I mean, bit. these aren't not all of these things are things that are necessarily uh, specific to adult film, right? And you you like pick things up about handling a production and using a camera and how light work just from being around it so much. How quickly do you get over the sort of the, sur- the surreality of, of doing it? I go through that with my own job every once in a while where I actually sort of like take stock of the positive. I, I get to fly around and like write about technology for a living and it's pretty cool. Anything you do, those really sort of bizarre surreal elements kind of, they, they filter out of it pretty quickly. I don't think it ever stopped feeling surreal for really? me. Yeah. People buy molded replicas of my vulva. Yeah. That's how I pay my rent. Copies of my vulva. That's never not going to be surreal. I wonder what happens if you do sort of like lose that aspect of it. If if it does sort of just become like your ho-hum, like I'm just, you know, going to work every day. I mean, there is like a casualness, like if I need to like scan a video for relevant tags or like edit something like yeah. I'll just like fire up hardcore porn in the living room with no thought for who's around um that's like like putting on like Brian Eno or something in the background that's like your ambient yeah it's just like whatever um that's kind of the boring part of of any job right yeah that's, but like that's the boring part and sort of people who aren't used to it yeah. they can be like wow so tell me about this Serbian film there's some like graphic stuff that happened to it and some post-productions it took a while but it's a science fiction movie about an astronaut who gets sent to Alpha Centauri to install Juche which is the North Korean brand of communism and they don't want to send him with another person for various reasons but they can't send him alone and so they send him with a robot and he decides to basically hack her and circumvent the Asimov laws. So you are the robot that is being hacked? I'm the robot. How did you get that gig? One of the guys went to school with one of my friends who lives here and is a photographer. Mm-hmm. 
And he was like, hey, do you want to do this science fiction movie in Serbia? And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> How does anybody say no to that? Like, what are the logistics around something like that? I mean, obviously, you got to go to Serbia, so that's a big part of it. Like, what, what was... Yeah, I went to Serbia. It's great there. How long was the process? It took like five years from them deciding to do it to them finally being able yeah. to shoot it. And then it took another year and a half for it to be finished. Actually shooting, it was under a month. At some point, you just assume, you know, when it takes five years to get something like that off the ground, you just assume it's probably just not, not happening, right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I was like very skeptical that I would ever find myself acting. Do you feel good about your performance in the film? I do. What's what's the budget like on something like that? I have no idea. It was very small <laughs> and they did a lot with it. Yeah. Like the footage was beautiful. It must be nice being in a place where you can just sort of pick up any kind of interesting gig that you want. Yeah. You have a lot of freedom now, it seems like. I know, it's really fun. Which is crazy because you live in New York City. Like who gets to do those sorts of things? I know. See how it never stops being surreal. <laughs> Obviously, there's sort of a you know financial aspect of it because you know you're you're picking these jobs to some degree in order to actually like be able to pay your rent, or is that still yeah. mostly coming from the adult film art? So basically, it's those replicas of my Volvo. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This is the house that your your that rubber Volvo like, built. Collective hustling. You do have to sort of like cobble things together on the side. You, you can't just decide to do a film in Serbia. It actually has to be something that's going to make you some money. At least like enough to manage living expenses for the time it takes to do yeah. it. I don't know how freelancers been in publishing for like 12 years. Because I'm in publishing, there were a couple points when I was laid off and I had to do the freelance thing. And I just... I don't know how people are able to like multitask like that. It sounds like you're doing a lot at once and you're doing a lot of very different things. How do you keep it all straight in your head? It's really stressful. Yeah. And I use checklists, a lot of checklists. Yeah. It's very stressful. You're doing a lot of writing too. I do. Um, I don't necessarily do it steadily. Like I'll like write a whole bunch for a month and yeah. not and like write a whole bunch more and i have another sex advice column with bullet this time but all the questions people are sending are personal ones so we're in a bit of a crisis with well that. i mean it would it would have to be to some degree if it was no, a sex question right no i mean they're right? just like stoya where can i find your movies oh and oh I'm personal like, about you yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, that's not that's the wrong kind of personal you did that though for other sites before did the verge and yeah. refinery 29 i've got to imagine that based on what site you're doing it for the questions must differ a fair amount yeah there's that and then there's also like each place after about a year they're kind of out of questions and it's just the same issues over and over again yeah were you doing a column were you able to just have the freedom to figure out what the topics were on your own uh i prefer the advice column yeah. format it's it just gives you something to yeah. write about what kinds of questions are you getting i mean I, i'm sort of like imagining it like you know remember health class in in junior high or it would be that little like that box up in front where you would anonymously put a little thing inside or is it more relationship based it, i mean it runs a gamut yeah my absolute favorite was the guy who enjoyed stretching his wife's vagina during the it. sex act or well that that was like the sexually arousing bit for huh. him was it being as stretched and loose as it could possibly get and what was your advice um well i can't remember what his question was 
And that's making it hard for me to remember what the advice was. It seems like in a lot of these cases, you're like, eh, maybe this is, maybe you should consult a doctor. I definitely, I definitely suggested they talk to a gynecologist. Yeah. Like, like whether or not this is a lot, like talk to a medical professional. Um, also, you might want to see a therapist comes up a lot and use a condom comes up a lot. The therapist thing is kind of walking a line there because you, you don't want, you know, people are asking these very personal questions and you don't want to make it seem like you're saying, hey, I think you might be crazy or this is potentially maybe not a healthy thing that you're into. Yeah. I'm specifically thinking of the questions that are like, my partner insisted on looking at the text messages in my phone. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's unhealthy. Like invasions of privacy. Yeah. And then when like, when the question goes like further than that, and then it's like, okay, this like actually maybe needs like a professional involved. This is a big problem. Yeah. If you can afford to get that looked at, like, please do. Were you finding in some cases that you were talking to other people or did you feel like you you know, were able to kind of bring enough advice to the table to really address these questions. I was able to address them as much as it's really possible to in a few hundred words. Yeah. That's the thing is like, you're not sitting down with someone and having an intense back and forth because these things don't pay well enough to merit that. Have you done a lot of writing about yourself and your own experiences? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had a blog for a few years. Yeah. I had a column advice for a while doing a lot of that it's kind of gotten boring like it's a little like masturbatory <laughs> it's a topic that people are really interested in yeah just because for you again it's sort of it's your job so maybe any kind of you know super exciting luster has gone out of it well and mostly people's curiosity is pretty salacious so when you give it's them fair. just like the facts of it they're not very entertained yeah. Do you have people coming up to you and asking you, uh, you, you must, like, advice about actually getting into the industry? Uh, and it's almost always men, and their first wrong move is to come to someone with different equipment than they have. Yeah. Like, just there, there like, aren't just any sort of, like, broad, like, here's here's the way you should deal with the industry, or is it that different for men and women? It's pretty different. Yeah. In terms of just, like, getting into it, or just the way people are treated? Getting into it, how rates work, yeah. like, it's very gendered in the heterosexual porn world. Yeah. You don't have women asking you about not, it too much? Not very often. What is your sort of defaulted advice when they do that i mean that's really personal like that depends a lot on what they want out of yeah. it obviously there's no blanket answer for, yeah, for any one person for and men it's read tyler knight's biography i assume every guy who gets into it thinks that they're just gonna be like god's gift to pornography i think partially like they like to entertain the idea of not having to work yeah which is just inaccurate yeah how but... long are the days on a set that depends. It it could be like a three-hour thing start to finish, even including makeup, or it could be like a solid 14, 18 hours. It probably changes a bit when you get to a certain point and get, get on contract. No, it depends more on the kind of video that's being shot. So if it's gonzo, it's really easy. Mm -hmm. But if it's a feature and you do more of those when you're under contract or you're more likely to do them when you're under contract, that's that's when the days get really long. Are you doing directing? 
I am. That's something I've been doing yeah. for a couple of years. Do you like being on that side of the camera? The main series that I do is called Around the World in 80 Ways, and I'm in it and directing and operating camera and also wrangling paperwork. So, like, that's sort of a nightmare, but also sort of very fun. Yeah. I did one. There's an island in Croatia called Kirk. And Bob Guccione, the founder of Penthouse Magazine, he, in, I think it was the 70s, he built a penthouse casino, and in the promotional copy, he was like... He was going to heal the Iron Curtain by bringing (laughs) Western penthouse pets to mingle with Soviet and socialist heads of state. And then like a year later, the tax laws changed and he wasn't going to be able to take nearly as much money out. So he sold it and Mm -hmm. it was worker run. And then it's like totally in ruins now. And so I went there and shot a sex scene there because how else do you visually preserve something that Penthouse and Guccione had his fingers all over? How do you put something like that together? I mean, it sounds like you got to get quite a budget together. It's very gonzo. You just get a bunch of people on a plane and then sort of shoot in the ruins of this. No, you have two people. You have two people. The two people who are going to do the fucking. (laughs) And then I operate camera. Yeah. While the fucking's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so you're physically holding the camera while it's happening? Sometimes. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my I'm brain. I'm a woman of many, many talents. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain around the logistics of that. I mean, obviously, you got to kind of get creative with, with the shots for something like that. Yeah, I am for that. I'm really pro anywhere that has a mirror. There you go. That was Stoya. A really fascinating conversation and some interesting insight into a world that I know very, very little about. You can check out her work at hellostoya.com. Thanks to her and thanks to friend of the show, Dean Haspiel, for helping us set up that interview. Dean has written a play called Harry Curry Kane, a.k.a. Die, Die Again, that is playing at the Brick Theater in Brooklyn, and Stoya is the lead. So that is going to be playing uh, through November 20th. Highly recommend checking it out. Fairly limited run. Thanks to them. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, uh, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Consider supporting us over on Patreon. If you get any feedback, it's rolcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's uh, rolcast.tumblr.com, the first and best place to get all of your RIYL-related information. Uh, like us on Facebook, and I think that's about all I got for this week. So I hope you enjoy this bonus episode. Uh, I'm thinking we're going to be back next week. I'm not entirely sure. I'm just about to take my first vacation in about seven years. So um, I may just put it off altogether, but fingers crossed. Either way, we will be back in the very near future with another episode of RIYL.